0: Most editors I speak to, when we speak about what it is they're looking to improve the most, the majority will say storytelling, but it kind of feels a bit vague, like a vague concept. What is storytelling and how do you know if you lack it and need to work on it? Well, in this episode, we are going to talk about all of those things and help you identify if you need to improve your storytelling. And we're going to break it down into five signs that you need to work on your storytelling. Let's jump into the episode. Hello, welcome back to the Video Editing Podcast with me, your host, Shiny and the lead trainer and founder of Unsplice. Thank you very much for joining me. Now, I don't know if you have been listening for a while, but if you have, last month, over the last month, we did a series and it was um, a multi-part series and it was really fun. So I'm going to do the same again. This time, it's kind of a three, four parter and it's going to be five signs. So... One thing I really want to break down with you, first of all, especially if you're fresh listening, new to this podcast, if you're new to editing then you'll find this super useful, but if you've been editing for a long time and you're thinking to yourself, I want to get better, I want to improve. I'm looking at these experts and they're achieving great things that I don't quite feel comfortable yet achieving but you are unsure what to work on next that is the idea of this series so there's going to be three slash four parts am going to break down three superset of skills and then i'm going to do one sort of conclusion episode to give you all the information you need um, Arounding the whole subject. So this is part one of three parts. So let me just break down the three skill sets that are essential to every in-demand editor. Now you've probably heard me say this before, but there is an industry term, an unwanted industry term for video editors who struggle to come up with creative ideas. And that is a button pusher. Quite simply, a technician. You just execute on demand. And if you want to break out of that and have the best work come to you, then you need to become an in-demand editor. And all in-demand editors excel at three skill sets. Those skill sets are efficient workflow, creative storytelling, and client relations. Now, without efficient workflow, then a client is gonna go to another editor who can do the same work as you, but faster. Without creative storytelling, the actual art of editing, you'll find the only work that comes to you is technical execution, really boring corporate work with no creativity that's going to make you want to lose the job, you know, it's going to make you want to hate the work. And finally, client relations, because if you don't, you could be the fantastic, the best editor in the world, but if nobody wants to work with you because you're not great to work with, then you're not going to get any work. So really are those, the three skill sets, the three pillars, the foundation um, of every in-demand editor. So you really do need to excel at all three skills. It's really useful to break them down into, into these three. And so that's what this three-part series is all about. This one is about storytelling. So five signs that you need to work on your storytelling. How do you know if storytelling is your weak spot? So I'm going to break it down into efficient workflow, creative storytelling, and client relations so that you can understand and listen if you hear any if you can relate to any of the five signs, then that means that your storytelling is a skill that should be worked on in order to become an in-demand editor. Before we jump in very quickly, I wanna give you the first sign. Don't forget to leave a review on your podcast app of choice. You can leave up to a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, then don't forget to like and subscribe and write down in the comments what it is that you seem to be lacking when a sign comes up and you're like oh yeah that's me write it down in the comments so we can all share so the first of the five signs that you need to work on your storytelling is that you are relying on creative direction from the client the very same client who is expecting you the creative to come up with creative direction. So you can kind of see how, you know, how backwards this is. The client has come to you, the editor, because you are a creative, you're an artist. They have some kind of vision or some kind of idea or some kind of brief, and they are looking for somebody to execute on that. They probably don't have an understanding of the technical skills of the software, but it really isn't something that's too hard to pick up. It's your creativity, your creative choices that they want. They want to know, you know, you you are picking apart a puzzle. You're trying to find, you're looking at all these pieces of the puzzle. That is the footage, the assets, the stuff that you don't have that you can get or make. And you're able to have this bigger picture perspective of everything that could make this video engaging. And that's the end goal, right? The end goal is to make the video engaging. We want to engage the audience. We want to watch all the way through so that we can get them to do something at the end, especially if you're working within advertising, creative content, branded content, that sort of thing. Anything that is not meant for, you know, for TV, for broadcast pretty much has an end goal and that is probably to communicate the values of a brand or a call to action to get somebody to do something to sign up to click to go to a website to you know do something like that maybe buy a new band's album go play a game buy a game join a discord whatever you know, nearly every video will have a call to action at the end. That is, unless it's meant for broadcast. And so, it's your duty to make sure the audience connects and wants to watch all the way through to the end, whether it's five or ten seconds, or whether it's thirty minutes. This is this is every part of your job to get the in the audience. To continue watching all the way through to the end. So that either they do the thing that we want them to do, or they feel a certain way. That's it. So we have many, many different tools available to us to achieve that. And to get the audience and connect with the audience and get them to watch for as long as possible. And so, if the client is coming to you going, I've got this bunch of assets, and I want you to edit this. They want you to look at all the assets, what they have and what they do not have, and then build that puzzle and go, well, if we did this, then we achieve the goal of watching, keeping the audience watching all the way through to the end so that we can get them to do the thing, which is click or feel something. So that's, that's your job in a nutshell. So let's imagine if the client comes to you saying, I want you to make this the best it could possibly be, and then you sit there and go, so what do you want? They kind of feel a bit shortchanged. <laughs> it kind of goes against you know the reason why they hired you in the first place. Now every client will have a different level of interaction with you a different level they'll come with their own creativity you might find that you have clients that are overbearing and they only want what they say in which case you just put your ego aside and you do as they ask and that's your job and then there are jobs where there are no there's no creative brief whatsoever and it's completely open and that's when all Uh, all the weight is put onto you or the expectation is put onto you to understand the problem and come up with a solution. I've heard editors get scared or annoyed. That's what I don't understand. When editors get annoyed by the fact that the client hasn't brought any kind of creative brief, that's great. You've got a completely open a blank canvas to do whatever you want and you're complaining and then when the client comes and dictates absolutely everything they want and then you complain again, um th- this is a common theme that I've noticed amongst so many so many editors, and uh it kind of seems a little you know counterintuitive. It is your job, it's your duty to come up with a creative direction um and execute on that. So if you are lacking in creative storytelling skills then you will be hoping or relying on the creative direction from the client so that is one of the big signs that if if this is you and you are waiting for creative direction from the client because otherwise you don't know what to do then creative storytelling is your weakness and that is something that you really should work on now i should Mention right now before I go on to point two that creative storytelling covers not just like the term creative edit storytelling that covers not just storytelling as in how to tell a story but also all of the techniques and the tactics that you can employ to keep the audience engaged to keep them watching all the way through to the end. So that we get them to do the thing or feel the thing. That's what creative storytelling is. So I don't think storytelling, and this is the, the clarification of what storytelling is. Um, storytelling isn't just the dialogue that is being used in a in a video in a film. It isn't just the narrative arc. It is also all these other creative decisions that are used for the same purpose. If for example, somebody says with dialogue that they feel frightened or they're nervous, even better example, then you have an arsenal of tools available to you, an arsenal of techniques, I should say, um, to make the edit feel and make the audience feel nervous. So you're not doing that just through saying, the character saying i'm nervous but by holding on that shot for a little bit longer by going to a quiet part of the track by making all the sound effects in the background the background noise quiets and down a bit whereas before they were a bit loud there are different ways that different skills different tactics you can employ to convey that same feeling. It doesn't have to just be said through dialogue. And so that is creative storytelling. So now hopefully you have a more holistic understanding of what I mean by creative storytelling. And so the second point worth bringing up is that if you are cutting, following your gut, without understanding how each type of cut impacts your edit and affects your audience, then you need to work on your creative storytelling skills. If this sounds like you, if you just cut by following your gut, you're going, mm, that kind of works, <clears throat> that feels good. And you watch it back and go, mm, yeah, sure, why not? Then you are lacking some fundamental skills when it comes to creative storytelling and you can kind of think of it like spices in a kitchen and this could be at home or it could be in a professional kitchen but you have in order to for example make an audience the audience feel nervous you have a certain a stack of tactics that you can employ in order to make the audience feel nervous we spoke about that a second ago Um, but let's say um, let's equate it to spices and so if you have a recipe and you know that you can add chili you want to give the plate you want to give the dish a bit of heat well some of them some of the spices that you could use are chili paprika mustard um what else gives a bit of heat you know let's say some piri piri or some horseradish these are all spices that give heat the outcome is the same it's it's heat in the dish you give it a bit of warmth give it a bit of spice but not all you don't want to use all of those spices at once and certain spices will, cert, will, will suit a certain dish. So you're not going to be using, if you're making, you know, um, if you're making a curry, for example, and you want to add a bit of heat, you're not going to add horseradish because it's kind of weird. It doesn't quite work. So you're going to use the other ingredients in a specific way to get that feeling. And it's the same when it comes to creating an. um getting your audience to feel a certain type of way. You have a list of tactics, list of ingredients that you can employ to make the audience feel that way. But not all of them will work in every occasion. And so it's you as the editor, you have to understand how each spice, how each tactic in your edit can be used at each moment to get your audience to feel a certain type of way. And that is the skill of editing. And if you don't understand all of the techniques and the tactics that you can use to get your audience to feel that type of way, then you're just kind of throwing spaghetti, or spaghetti at a wall. You know, you just kind of relying on your gut is uh, another way of saying, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm feeling it. What that ends up doing is you just keep trialing an error, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, and keep doing something until it works. But what if you knew by looking at the footage and you went, ah, yes, this is great. I can make the audience feel, this is a great, good moment to make the audience feel tense. How can I do that? Well, I can use this ingredient, this ingredient, this ingredient, and this ingredient to make the audience feel tense. Which ones shall I use? I'll use this one and this one. And then we'll try this. That no, doesn't work. Okay, we'll stick with that. So rather than going through, you know, hours of trial and error, you know the ingredients, you know the tactics that you can employ for an edit, and then just drop it in and mission accomplished. That is a skill worth developing. That is what's going to make you a much more in demand editor, being able to just look at some footage and go, Ah, yes, I know exactly how we can use that. I know exactly what type of edit cut to use, how to use the music, how to use the sound effects, how to use the the Atmos, you know, all these different skills that you can pull together to get the audience to feel a type of way so that they want to watch all the way through to the end. I hope that makes sense. Um, I could go on even more so about this point because this is so important. And I hear all across the internet, this, I mean, it frustrates me just, just thinking about it, but you know, this trope that all you need to do to get better at editing is practice, which is nonsense. It's absolutely nonsense because how do you know what you're practicing? If you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, then how are you going to get a different result? If you don't know what you're doing, you can't just throw all the ingredients into a pan and go something like that. That'll work. And then serve it to your audience. You have to be very calculated um, and understand what different things and how it affects your audience and how you can bring those to make the dish better. Um, so really are we are we are chefs we are chefs in the editing room and we are creating delicious dishes so you have to have an understanding of all these different intricate decisions that go into make this final dish and the more you know and if we look at the best chefs in the world they have an intricate understanding of not just the ingredients i mean Let's take the home chef. The home chef has an understanding of the ingredients and how they can work together. But then a professional chef will know if I use just a smaller bit of heat here, or if I sear it first uh, at this particular heat and then put it in a ban marie and then hold it there at 41 degrees Celsius and then bring it out after 15 minutes add some smoke to it, put it on the fire. And, you know, you're multi-layering all these different cooking techniques just to get a specific flavor. That really is the difference between a home chef and a restaurant chef. And that is the difference between an amateur editor and an in-demand editor. An in-demand editor will have an understanding of um, all these different ways, the very intricate decisions that you can pull together to make one bit of an edit all the more powerful and affect the audience so point number two is if you're cutting with your gut without understanding the type of cuts and the impact that your editing can have and how it affects the audience that's the important part how it affects your audience once you understand these building blocks then everything just becomes so much easier so If you don't understand those building blocks, then you need to work on your storytelling. Number three, the third sign that you need to work on your storytelling is if you are not deliberate about your music choice or using the most appropriate section of the music to get the best out of each part of the video. So, Wallpaper music, wallpapering, bad. I don't need to really explain that, I should hope. Every single piece of music that you choose should be very, very calculated and specific to that edit. And every single piece of music will have an introduction. Um, they'll have, you know, if it's modern music, i will have an introduction, there'll be a verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, maybe another chorus. Um, but also there's going to be a bridge in the middle somewhere. That's important. That little bridge, that's really important. Classical music is less structured. Um, that's why I love editing with it, because it's constantly full of surprises. And what you want to do is pull the most... Specific part of each music track and pull it in. So once you've figured out which music track you want to go with, which fits perfectly with the vibe and the atmosphere and everything else and the beats, then you watch it back in, on your timeline and you make sure that you have the energetic parts of the track where you want it to be energetic, you have the quiet parts of the track and you, you, you re-edit the music track. To your edit so if you need a bit of calm because you know in the dialogue you want to either create a punctuation of comedy or you want to create some tension or you want to create some sort of thought-provoking moment gives the audience some time to think whatever it is there are many reasons to use the bridge part of a track bring that quiet bit down and drop it in there and then when you come out of that and you drop into the chorus that part's going to have so much more energy the dialogue's going to have more energy the edit's going to have more energy and it's about orchestrating that re-editing all of the music specifically to the edit itself and that's why using the remix function in adobe premiere if you know it um, is it's a cheat code but it's terrible cheat code because the whole track, the whole piece then just sounds the same. Repeating over and over and over and over again. Very boring. So if if this sounds like you, if you're not deliberate about your music choice, but also moving the appropriate part of the music track to the most appropriate part of the edit, that is a skill that you need to work on. And that falls under the creative storytelling umbrella. That's a creative storytelling skill because if you had no dialogue whatsoever and you wanted to create some excitement in the edit you wanted to keep the audience watching you could do that using only a music track and nothing else so it very much is an important skill that should not be overlooked let's move on to point 4 the fifth sorry the fourth sign that you're not that uh, that you need to work on your storytelling skills if you are not consciously trying to connect with the audience emotionally and i see a lot of junior editors come in and they'll create these beautiful edits um, and they're there and they're gone and that's it and the, the edit doesn't leave an impression you don't want to watch more it's very monotonous through the whole thing Um, And that is because they're just editing for the sake of editing. That shot looks cool, that would go there. I can have a little beat drop here, that, 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 that. And that might be fun to edit. And when you're watching it back, you're an audience of of you. And you have to kind of take off your uh, technician hat and put on your audience hat and try and separate yourself from the work that you've created and look at it it objectively. How is this? Do I wanna keep watching? You know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds in, um, do I still wanna keep watching this or or am I a bit bored? Because it's your job as an editor, no matter what you are working on, doesn't matter. You have to try to connect with your audience. That's how they're gonna wanna keep watching. And I've used this example before many times on the podcast of these, you know, travel videos where they have like a cute girl or a guy holding the other person's hand. And so the hand will be stuck out in front of the um, of the shot. And then the other person will be looking behind and grabbing the hand and pulling them. That as an opening shot works. You know, they've tried many different ways of opening these travel videos. And that works because... It connects with the audience. It makes us feel like we are a part of this journey. We're being taken on a journey. Um, and so as cliche and cheesy as those shots are, they people use them because they work. And so you have to look at all these kind of cliche things and, and assess why do they work. Because they obviously do, because the algorithm says it does. So if you're not trying to consciously connect with your audience on an emotional level, then... That is a skill that you really need to work on. And there are many ways that you can connect with an audience on an emotional level. Way too many to cover in just this. That's why there is, um, you know, creative storytelling modules within Unspliced Pro that go into deep detail in there with assessments and, and assignments for you to do to practice that skill. But if you, uh, yeah, if you're not doing that, then... That is something that you really need to start thinking about with all of your edits going forward. Try to figure out what does the audience want? What's going to make them want to keep watching? And I tell you what, it's not a flashy effect or a transition because you might see that. And then once you've seen a couple of those, then it's a bit boring and a bit monotonous. So you want to keep trying to engage the audience. And we're moving now onto the fifth sign that you need to work on your storytelling skills. And that is if you are not varying movement, rhythm, or tone, at least once anyway. So think about as you are building out your edit, that you are varying, you are varying the edits, so it's not monotonous across the whole thing. And this kind of goes back to some of the other points that we've made, um, you know, connecting to the audience emotionally, being deliberate about your music, music choice um, and uh, following not following your gut, you know, being precise with your choices. You have to create some variation in the edit because otherwise it's boring. It's incredibly monotonous. And no doubt, if you are scrolling on social media and you come across an ad and you skip it, it's because it's boring. I mean, that's a no brainer. If you're on YouTube and you're watching an ad, it's because, it's, and you skip it it's because it's boring. And we want to make videos that are not boring, whether we're making scripted or unscripted content, whether we're making branded content or commercials or music videos, we don't want stuff that's boring. And what is boring, the same. If something is just the same, all the, all the time it's the same, that's boring. So make sure you're varying movement, rhythm, or tone so that it's not boring. And if those concepts feel a little foreign to you or you don't fully understand those, there is an entire module within Unsplice Pro how to vary movement, rhythm, and tone. So be feel free to head to unsplice.com forward slash pro to check that out. These are the five signs that you need to work on your storytelling skills. Did any of those speak to you? If so, especially if you're watching on YouTube, I would love for you to just write in the comments below which one spoke to you the most, which one you feel like, oh yeah, that's me, I do that, I need to work on that. Uh, let, Let us know in the comments because I can guarantee you, you are not the only one doing it. Pretty much, ninety-nine percent of editors I meet will probably be doing uh, one of these things that we've spoke about. So don't feel ashamed because that you do you're doing one of these things. It's normal, and it's kind of what happens when we teach ourselves editing without any kind of education. And. That is what really is um, keeping the industry or or keeping so many editors in the industry stagnant and stopping them from progressing and becoming fantastic editors. Um, The likes of which you see represented in editing agencies or working on the best work. These are the editors that have gone out and seeked or sought sought, uh, mentorship, from editors who have already been doing it for so much longer than them and can pass down this knowledge. Um, That really is the power of of having a mentor. And so you'll find these skills um, sometimes within these small communities or within these agencies. um, And unless you have some kind of mentor or guide to help you with those, then it's difficult to know that these are the skills that could be holding you back. I hope this has been super useful for you. Um, Don't forget to join next week for the next In This Three Part Series. Don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, head over to YouTube so you can write a comment. I'm I'm in there. I respond to the comments and um, it'd be great to, to know which one struck you the most. Thanks so much. And I look forward to speaking with you next week.